Hey, good morning. Good morning to you that are watching from home or wherever you're watching. We're, we're glad you tuned in. If you need a Bible this morning, we have Bibles. As Effie's dances around the sanctuary this morning, I was teasing him today that he was going to do an interpretive dance. We called it undistinguished dance, uh, according to David. So yeah, raise your hand. We'd love for you. We're going to be in the Word this morning. I actually really, I said this last week, but I'm going to say it again. Um, I love holding the Word of God in my hands. It's unlike any other book. In fact, it's, it's a lamp unto our feet, and it's a light to my path. And if you're feeling lost this morning, if you're feeling, I'm just not really sure where to go, then get into this book. And God will show you. How does he do that? I don't have that answer for you. I just know that he's faithful and he will. He's faithful and he will. His word is a lamp unto our feet and a light unto our path. And as believers in Christ, we need to be in his word. I went fishing yesterday and took a couple of my buddies. And um, one was our grandson. And at one point in the boat, I was kind of stern, not in the back of the boat, but I was stern with my voice, and, um, and the one person in the boat said, can you not be so stern with your voice? <laughs> it was very cute. Um, I said, then sit down in the boat then. <laughs> I don't want to dip you out of the lake. Um, he had a life vest on. We would have got it on video, but anyways. Uh, but I do want to say with a stern voice this morning, that as a believer in Christ, if you are not in the Word of God, then you're not in a good place. You're just not in a good place. And no wonder you might feel lost. No wonder you don't have direction. No wonder you feel distant from God. Because God has given us His Word to show us, to speak to us, to encourage us, to guide us, to correct us. Now, he does that to his Holy Spirit, but his Holy Spirit also uses the Word of God, right? If I'm stuck somewhere and I don't have the Word of God, will God still speak? And yes. But I'm not stuck somewhere without the Word of God. In my office, I probably have 10 Bibles. In our home, we have several Bibles. I don't know where they're all at, and that's my own fault, but we have them we got to be in His Word. And maybe it's hard for us to read right now, and so listen to His Word. And if you don't know where, how to find that, we will help you find the Word of God in audible form. But we need to be in His Word. It's so important for us, especially nowadays when truth is just, well, we know truth, but it's just all over the map right now. And we need a solid place to stand we need a solid place to stand on. All right, enough of that. Ooh. Someone said keep going. Um, do we have any dentist fans in the house? People that like to go to the dentist. Raise your hand. Okay. So we have one person in the house. Well, that's because his son's a dentist. That's why. That's why he raises He's a fan of the dentist. His son being a dentist, but... Um, so I'm going to say, so a bunch of you, who, does, who just does not like to go to the dentist? Raise your hand. So we have a bunch of anti-dentites in the room. Okay, I get that. I totally understand that. I went to the dentist this week, 
Um, it had been a little while since I'd gone to the dentist. My world had been, has been pretty crazy the last about three years. I went. I think last time I went was about 18 months ago, and so I missed um, a couple cleanings in that in that time frame. So when you go in, you know what's bad when you go to the dentist and the first appointment because I have a new dentist because I also have moved and I was. Man, you just know you're getting old when your dentist retires. I've actually, I was thinking of this this morning, I've actually retired three dentists. Dr. Blaine was my very first dentist in Burien. Then Dr. Anderson came in right behind him, right out of the military academy, um, and was my dentist for 20 plus years. And then Dr. Bajwas, then he retired, Dr. Bajwas, then I moved and I was here. And so I went to Dr. Ford, Gretchen's dentist, and he was fantastic. And then he retired. And so I have found a new dentist. And so go in the, go in the dentist's office. The first appointment is just a consultation to tell you how bad your teeth are, basically. <laughs> And all the work that you need to have done to your teeth. And so I went back on Wednesday for uh, my first cleaning. So they're going to do a deep clean. And they're not. Oh, I see. See, I see. Some of you are like, ooh, that was awesome. I wish I had a video on that. <laughs> Let me do that again. Deep clean. And yeah, exactly. Exactly. The only. Oh, can I say the only good part about it? is my hygienist, my brand new hygienist, is a brand new believer in Jesus. Just got saved about six months ago. She is so excited about faith. I don't even know her name right now. She is just, she's eating up the word of God. She doesn't even know where to read. She loves, the, the, oh, hey, you know there's Christian music. And there's radio stations, and she's just, we're talking about our favorite songs and how they minister to us and all this stuff. It's so exciting. Meanwhile, she's like pressing on my face. <laughs> I have never had anybody press on my face so hard. And in the midst of it, you're just, honestly, I'm just trying to get through it. At one point, I think my leg was twitching, and she said, are you all right? And I'm like, mm. She said, oh, do you want some topical stuff that'll numb them? Mm -hmm. <laughs> yeah. And um, so anyways, we do the deep cleaning. That was Wednesday. Thursday morning, I woke up. And I'm like, and I'm walking down the stairs like this. My mouth felt fine. But my neck. <laughs> she was pushing so hard on my face that... The right side of my neck, there's still a knot in it. So if I don't look over this way that much, Delia, hi, good morning, Delia. Nathan, Bill, two bills. I can't look over there, it hurts. I'll face this way. There's three bills on this side of the church. Any other bills? Okay. It hurts so bad. You can ask Heather. I mean, I'm like limping, like, I'm not limping around, but I was like this all day long. And then about halfway through, the, and then we had prayer and worship that night, and I'm thinking, as I'm praying for prayer and worship and our National Day of Prayer, <laughs> the verses in the Bible that talk about a stiff-necked people came to mind. <laughs> I'm being serious here. 
because it hurt. And so I wasn't able to just turn freely. I was so focused on my own stuff that I was stiff-necked. And there's a conversation that Moses has with God. It is one of the most unique conversations in the Bible. And God is telling Moses, go up to the land flowing with milk and honey, but I will not go with you because you are a stiff-necked people, and I might destroy you on the way. (laughs) Jesus loves you. This is God speaking to Moses. Read chapter 33. It's an interesting conversation. It is the conversation where God says, if I go, I probably will destroy you because you have turned away from me. You, are hard, you, you as a people are hard to lead. You're obstinate. You're, you're stubborn. And Moses has this great revelation and he says to God, well, God, if you don't go with us, then we're not, we don't want to go. I love that prayer. God, if you are not going to go with us, then we don't want to go. I pray that all the time. God, as you lead us, unless you are going ahead of us and leading us, I do not want to go. It's a crazy conversation. And it's a conversation where I believe that God is sharing with Moses, yeah, his frustration as a heavenly father, yes, but also to capture Moses' heart and to see where Moses is at. Because not long before, Moses was having this conversation. You've stuck me with these stiff-necked people. I'm tired of these people. You're supposed to lead them. I don't want to do this anymore. And then God kind of turns it on Moses and has this conversation. Well, we know God leads them. They're still disobedient. They're still stiff-necked. It's mentioned several times in the Bible, in Deuteronomy, in Nehemiah. In the book of Acts, Stephen shares this whole thing about being stiff-necked, and that's right after he shares that. Guess what happens to Stephen? They stone him to death. Are we a stubborn people? Are we hard to lead? And my prayer today for us as believers in Christ, is that our necks would loosen up. That we would turn our focus and turn our heads to Jesus. That we would listen as he speaks. That we would be encouraged by his presence in our lives. That we would follow where he leads. And kind of what we're going to talk about this morning, that we would make adjustments in our lives as he corrects us. You know, last week was awesome because I love it when things unplanned Good, unplanned things happen. And last week was one of those things. I expected when I shared some of my favorite verses with you, and I opened it up like, so share some of your favorite verses. I was literally expecting two or three, not 20, which took the whole time, which to me, that's church. You know, there's no preachers in heaven. Just worship, just hanging out. Preachers are to encourage you so you do go to heaven. We want you in heaven. We're in Matthew chapter 5 this morning. I'm not going to put it up on the screen so you actually see it, read it yourself. (laughs) Tim Graham, thanks for texting me. I have a great dentist in Berrien, Tim. I'll text you later. (laughs) He's actually fantastic, but 
just driving to Burien all the time was a little much for me, even though I grew up in Burien. Anybody else in here grow up in Burien or live in Burien? Ever lived in Burien? Yeah, a few of you. Bob, I didn't know that. Yeah, okay. Did you raise your hand over here? Okay, I just check it. The Beatitudes, Matthew chapter 5, verse 3. Blessed are the poor in spirit, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. And blessed are those who mourn, for they will be comforted. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled. And blessed are the merciful, for they will be shown mercy. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. Blessed are the peacemakers, for they will be called children of God. Blessed are those who are persecuted because of righteousness, for theirs is the kingdom of heaven. Blessed are you when people insult you, persecute you, and falsely say all kinds of evil against you because of me. Rejoice and be glad, because great is your reward in heaven. For in the same way, they persecuted the prophets who were before you. Now as we're reading that this morning, not even the verse that we're going to look at today, jumping ahead about three, two weeks, blessed are the persecuted. As we were driving in this morning, um, Heather was reading uh, an article that said in Armenia right now, Christians are being hammered for their faith in Christ. And the article was saying they've, how the Christians there feel abandoned by their fellow believers all around the rest of the world. And I'll confess to you, I don't even think about it most of the time. But we should, as believers in Christ, we should think about our fellow believers in him that suffer. Not because of choices. Well, it is because of the choice that they made. They, they chose to follow Jesus. And because of that, they are being put in prison. They are being beaten. They are being shunned. They are being outcast. They are being put to death. Can we just take a moment? I want us to just take a moment. There are millions all around the world who are being persecuted because they believe in Jesus. And as we have TV screens and cameras and lights and heat, there are so many who don't have any of it. And yet their faith is so strong. And I just want us right now as, as, as his church, as as fellow believers in Christ, that we would stand alongside them. In fact, if you can and if you're able, would you stand? Physically stand as you spiritually stand beside your brothers and sisters in Christ who are suffering right now in this moment. And I invite you to pray. One of the coolest things about Thursday night when, when the pastor from the Hispanic church was up here praying and speaking uh, part of his congregation was over here. They were praying out loud, if not louder than he was at the same time. It was so precious. So we can pray out loud at the same time and fill heaven with our voices on behalf of those who suffer. So can we do that? Can we lift up our prayers before him out loud and just ask God to intercede and bring his comfort and his peace and his joy right now? Just pray out loud, God, right now, Jesus. We lift them up to you, Lord God, that you'd watch over them. God, that your presence would be so obvious, so obvious in their lives, Jesus, that they would know you, that they would know that you're beside them, that you prepare a place for them in the midst of their enemies. 
You are so faithful, Father God. And by your Holy Spirit, Lord, we ask that you continue to remind us of our fellow brothers and sisters here in this, in this building, but also throughout our world. Do your work, Jesus. Speak to your people, God. Encourage your people, Lord. In Jesus' name, amen. Thank you for doing that, church. Blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. One of my life verses, a verse that God uses, it's, um, it's not one of those comfort verses for me, to be honest. It's one of those corrective verses for me. So when I'm struggling and I'm asking those questions, like God, I'm making those statements, God, I don't see you right now. Where are you? I'm asking those questions. Is this really your plan? I don't understand. I don't get it. And when I, I find myself, when I start asking those questions and making statements like that, it's a trigger for me to stop and say, okay, I need to check my heart. Because God says that if my heart is pure, then I will see him. If my heart is clean, that's what that word means, then I will see him. So important for us to, to stop when we're in those places, when we're asking those questions, when we're making those statements, to stop and ask God, help me with my heart issues. He is a great cardiologist. I learned recently that there's two types of cardiologists. There's plumbers and electricians. There are certain cardiologists that focus more on the plumbing of your heart. The tubes and the ventricles and all that stuff. And then there's the other type of cardiologist that focuses on the electrical part of your heart. See, Gretchen, see what I learned when I was sitting next to you? On that? Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, God is the creator of it all. He knows the condition of our physical hearts, but he knows the condition of our hearts. And sometimes we need to stop and say, God, will you help me with the condition of my heart? The reality is that we all have a serious heart condition. I'm talking spiritually here. But the good news is that we have a great physician who heals our hearts and restores our hearts. He is faithful and he loves us so much that he will show you and show me exactly what we need to do to make our hearts stronger. I love this about God because he does, doesn't do it all for us. We have responsibility as his followers. He says he'll do some, some of those things, but he also says that you need to work on those things as well. So what are some of the things? When I go to Jesus and say, I need a heart check up here, what are some of the things that he's going to show, show me and tell me? He'll tell me I need to start exercising. I'm talking spiritually here. Physically, yes, 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 stop it. I need to start exercising more. Yes, I know. But spiritually, I need to exercise. If I want to be healthy, then I need to exercise. How do I exercise spiritually? I get in the Word of God. I listen to the Word of God. 
I surround myself with people who encourage me in the Word of God. I worship. I pray. And when I pray, I don't just throw out my list and say, bye-bye, Jesus, and walk away. I did that for years because that's what I thought prayer was. But prayer is both ways. We sit and listen. What I love about the whole thing about Moses having that conversation in Exodus 33, the Bible says that Moses had face-to-face conversations with God just as if we would talk one-on-one. That's astounding to me. That's what we're supposed to do when we pray, is to have face-to-face conversations with God. Not just us blurting out what we need and what we want, but sitting there and listening to what He needs from us and what He wants from us. Hmm. Another thing that we'll hear is that we probably should start eating better. (laughs) I'm not preaching to you. I'm preaching to myself. Probably should start eating better. It's hard to eat right when it's so cheap or physically frugal to eat at McDonald's for it. I used to be able to eat at McDonald's for $2.20. Okay? Large Coke for a dollar and a McDouble for a dollar. And that was easy. I would do it once or twice a week because it was easy, it was fast. Not healthy for me. I don't do that anymore. I promise. Sometimes I would splurge and I would get the McChicken too. Um, and then that's what they call that a McTrouble. Because you take it and you stick it inside the other one. You, no, I, I never did that, but that was a youth thing. They did it all the time. It was fun to watch them. But we got to eat better spiritually. And what I mean by that is we need to pay attention to what we're putting in here. Because the things that we allow into our minds, the things that we watch, the things that we listen to, the people we hang around, the things we allow to influence us affect our hearts spiritually. It affects our souls. We need to eat better. What are some of the things that mess us up spiritually? Some of the spiritual food that the world has to offer? There's a whole bunch of it. And I thought I printed it this morning, but it didn't print, and so I'm going to have to read it off my phone. I was actually going to have some of you read it, but the font is so small I was afraid to call on you because I didn't know if you guys could read it. But I was looking for somebody who, like the fast readers, you know, if you're watching a commercial, it's people dancing, you know, it's people playing tennis, you know, and they're taking a certain pill or whatever it is, and then at the end of the commercial, they're still dancing, they're still playing tennis, they're fishing, they're having conversation, they're always like, ah. Meanwhile, some lawyer guy in the background is reading it so fast you can't understand it, basically saying this pill that you're taking is probably going to kill you. (laughs) Everything you eat is going to pass right through you. You're going to have the worst headaches in your life, but you're going to be dancing. (laughs) So I was thinking about that this morning as we gather as the church, as we read his word, and blessed are the pure in heart, for they will see God. What are some of the things that pollute us 
What are some of the things that we are eating that we allow into our lives? And I'm not a fast reader, so I want to read this as fast as I can. Things of this world include pride, idolatry, hatred, anger, lust, drunkenness, gluttony, murder, adultery, dishonesty, covetousness, disobedience. This list is not subject to cultural change or up to interpretation. It is directly from the Word of God. If there's any evidence of one or more of these things in your life, please consult with Jesus immediately. He paid the price for your sin. Ask Him for forgiveness. Commit to follow Him. And remember, His mercies are new every morning. Okay. Okay. All right. Did you get that? (laughs) Things of this world include the things that pollute us, that affect our hearts. Pride, idolatry. Man, God hates idolatry. I'm reading the Old Testament right now. That's a big one. Hatred, anger, lust, drunkenness, gluttony, murder, adultery, dishonesty, covetousness, disobedience. This list is not subject to cultural change. Capture that, church. Or up to interpretation. It is directly from the Word of God. If there is any evidence of one or more of these things in your life, consult with Jesus immediately. He paid the price for your sin. Ask Him for forgiveness. Commit to follow Him. And remember, His mercies are new every morning. And the rest of that verse says, Great is your faithfulness. So we allow these things into our lives. What we surround ourselves with, who we surround ourselves with. I'm not saying for us to be a holy commune and never be around people who don't know Jesus because what are we told? What did Jesus tell us to do? Go and make disciples. I was listening to a preacher this week and he was saying, if we are not actively soul winning, actively telling people about Jesus, then we are not right with God. I thought he was a little radical, but if you really think about it, He's not so radical. Most of the time, what we do in our faith is we receive His grace and forgiveness, and we make it all about us. And we leave everybody else out. My hygienist right now, she is so excited about her faith. We are openly talking about the Lord in her office. They're blasting country music in the background. It's good. I I like country music. Um... And we're talking about songs, and she's like, oh, what was that song? She pulls it up on her phone with my mouth wide open. She's got her phone on, going, <laughs> looking up a song. And we're playing it while she's smashing my face and hurting my neck. <laughs> oh, this is a great song. I'm like, uh-huh. <laughs> we get so wrapped up in our own stuff that we forget what it's like to not know him. And there's hundreds and hundreds of people in your circle of life that don't know Him. That unless you tell them about Him, they're not going to know Him. So how do we do that? Well, I'll just say we got to live it in front of them. And our hearts have to be right. If our hearts aren't pure, clean, we're not going to see God. They're definitely not going to see God in us if we're not 
right with God. It should be a prayer that we pray often for the salvation of our families, of our co-workers. That's what we're praying Thursday night. We're praying for the salvation of our government leaders. We weren't condemning them. We weren't cursing them. We weren't agreeing with them either. But we are praying for the salvation of God in their lives, that they would know him, that their hearts would be pure and so that they would be able to see God. I would just say this morning, if you're having a hard time experiencing God in your life, seeing him, then it's really important to stop and have an honest heart checkup with him. I really wanted to just give us a little time this morning to, to be able to do that, not to put you on the spot, but we just don't take time. Because I know what I'm doing right after this. I'm driving right to Lowe's. Boom, I got some copper pipe to pick up. It's too long for my car, so I have to buy a cutter and cut it to get it down to fit in my car. I know what I'm doing later. I'm not going to take time to do this, so we're going to take time now. Where is your heart this morning? Maybe you've been struggling and you're like, God, I don't see you. Well, you have to ask the question then is, where is my heart? And have, I mean, you have to take a real honest look. And it might be, you know, I've been to the doctor several times when you don't get the best news. In fact, most of the time I go to the doctor, it's not good news. But it makes me take an honest look, like, oh, this is, this is serious. Okay. i got to prepare myself then because this is serious. I need to do a better job with my personal health because what's going on inside of me is serious. And so for us spiritually, we need to take a look at what's going on uh, around us and what's not going on because the condition of our heart is serious and it needs to be repaired and fixed. Real honest conversations with God. On the outside, look difficult, but it really isn't. Because he's a loving Heavenly Father who gave his Son to die for you and so that you can have a relationship with him. It's huge. And so I want, just, I want us to stand for a moment this, this morning. Don't have to stand. And what do you say to God when, when you realize that your heart's not right? When there's stuff there, maybe the world has piled stuff on you and you're just a victim of that. But I'm going to say, as believers in Christ, we are not victims. I'll say most of the stuff that happens to our heart is self-inflicted. I allow these things to affect my heart. I chase after these other things besides Jesus that will not bring me life. I think they might for a moment, a little joy, a little happiness, and it leaves me in more despair and more broken. It's the things that I have allowed. I just tell you what I tell God in those moments. I just ask him for help. I don't have to pray this flowery long prayer. I just have to say, God, help me. 
I want to see you. So help me. And maybe some of you feel like you've really messed up. Well, I'm glad you're here because you're in a room with a lot of messed up people, including your pastor. That's why we celebrate Jesus. If we weren't messed up, he wouldn't have to come. King David, a man after God's own heart, royally messed up. And I say that, that pun intended, being a king, he royally messed up. He got comfortable in what he had. He longed for more. He threw away his, uh, what he was supposed to, where he was supposed to go out of disobedience. He had lust in his eyes. He committed adultery. Then he lied about it. And then he schemed to have this woman's husband murdered. Then he lied about it. And God's gift to King David was a prophet that came and shared a story with him and said, share the story about this little lamb and all this stuff. And David was furious. He was ready to kill the bad guy in the story. And the gift from God was this. The prophet, and this is what the prophet told David, you are that man. The man you want to kill and destroy, you are that man. And when David heard that, it was like God opened his eyes. And not long after that, he wrote the words of Psalm 51. And so what I want to do this morning, I know you're standing and you don't have to stand if you don't want to, but I want you to be in a place that you can receive this. I want to read this over you today, not just to you, but as like a covering over you, that it would like, (laughs) it would be like oil, like running down over you, like anointing oil. And this is David's prayer, and I believe this is our prayer. Have mercy on me, O God according to your unfailing love. Blot out my transgressions and wash away all my iniquity and cleanse me from my sin. For I know my transgressions and my sin is always before you or always before me. Against you and you only have I sinned and done what is evil in your sight. So you are right in your verdict and justified when you judge. Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. Yet you desired faithfulness even in the womb. You taught me wisdom in the secret place. Cleanse me with hyssop and I will be clean. Wash me and I will be whiter than snow. Let me hear joy and gladness. Let the bones you have crushed rejoice. Hide your face from my sins and blot out my iniquity. Lord, as I read these next few verses from your word to your people this morning, God, I pray that you would 
do this in their hearts. That you would create in them a pure heart, O God. And that you would renew a steadfast spirit within them. Again, that you would create a pure heart and renew a steadfast spirit. Do not cast me from your presence or take away your Holy Spirit from me. Restore to me the joy of your salvation and grant me a willing spirit to sustain me. It's a simple conversation that you have with him. God, I need your help. And I trust that as he's leading you, as he's speaking to you, that there will be encouragement, that there will be guidance, and that there will be correction because of his love. And that you'll have a sustaining spirit to follow through and do the things that you are conversing with him about. We need to start exercising spiritually. We need to read our Bibles. We need to listen to our Bibles. We need to be in fellowship. We need to be in worship. We need to pray. We need to eat better. We need to stop chasing after the instant fast food that the world gives us and offers to us. And we, meet, we need to meal prep. If that's what we have to do, then meal prep. And eat better. Lord, because you love us, your word says you discipline us. You help shape us. So those places, Lord, that are coming to mind right now that we just need to stop. We need to stop eating that stuff because it will eventually, it will kill us. God, I thank you that you love us. That your love is, again, higher, deeper, wider than we can even imagine. A love that never runs out. As far as the east is from the west. As far as your arms were stretched. For us. For me. Blessed are the pure in heart. For they will see God. Lord, I pray that we would see you this week unlike we've ever seen you before. In our everyday routines and in the little things and in the great things. That we would see you. And I pray also, Lord, that it wouldn't just be about us, but that people around us would see you because of the work that you're doing inside of each one of us, Lord. Shape us, God. Again, encourage, guide, direct.
and correct. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. God bless you. Thank you for being here this morning. Don't forget to head over and look at the RCC Crafter stuff. I walked through there earlier. Didn't have to turn over any tables or break out the whip because they're not ripping you off. It's, it's all good stuff, okay? All right. <laughs>